Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the It's Not Orange podcast. Tonight, we'll be previewing Saturday's important match versus Shrewsbury and looking back at the weekend's defeat versus Bolton and reflecting a little bit on the Morecambe game where Blackpool came out 2-1 winners with some important injuries returning to the starting eleven. But tonight we have a debut on the pod, so let me introduce him first. Um, welcome to the It's Not Orange podcast, Craig. How you doing, bud? Yeah, good evening. Nice to be on. Thanks for the invite. No, you're most welcome, buddy. Look forward to catching up with you. Um, and helping us preview Saturday's game against Shrewsbury at Bloomfield Road is Martin. Um, how you doing, buddy? Hi, thanks. Yeah, not bad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years since I've done the, I think the third tier podcast, wasn't it? The old League One podcast about three or four years ago, but it's nice to catch up with you and thanks for coming on such short notice as well. No problem. And welcome back, Matt. It's been a few months and you have a much bigger beard since I last spoke to you. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to review the game as always with you. Of course, mate. We'll kick things off as we always do. Um, Martin, if you don't mind, I'll start with Craig. Craig, tell the It's Not Orange listeners about how you started supporting the Seasiders. Yeah, so I'm 41, followed the, the Seasiders since I was um, at primary school, got introduced to Bloomfield Road via the Quidditch Kids scheme, which, you know, has lauded me to here today. Yeah. That was a short-lived story, but there. Um, yeah, it, so it, it's, it's one of us. It, it was a next-door neighbour knocked on my door one day, and do you want to come down to Bloomfield Road? And kind of got hooked in the East Paddock, and then eventually, obviously, move round to the the North, and then now the West. I don't do quit a kid anymore. I suppose they won't because the cost of living <laughs> and stuff. But it would uh, certainly pack up Bloomfield Road. I think uh, it will give us, you know, certainly a few hundred more at least. So. Maybe you should bring that back. Who knows? Um, um, Martin, if, 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 if you feel free to tell listeners why you support Shrewsbury, buddy. Yeah, so a uh, bit of a long-winded one. Uh, was born in Ipswich. Um, was there till the age of two. Uh, my dad was in the RAF, so uh, could have been supporting Ipswich in the Premier League back in the day, maybe. But um, then I moved south. My sister was born in Watford. Um, still wasn't really into football then. I was still into my Lego. So that's what my dad said. I wasn't really interested in football at that age. And then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, I got into football a bit. We were in Lincolnshire at the time when he got moved again. Um, so I was around about eight at this point. Um, he was going to take me to an Imps game at Sintel Bank. And then we got posted to Shropshire and uh, ended up at school. Uh, it was about 10, 11 at a time, and they were giving out free tickets uh, to a game. So I went to what Shrewsbury versus Hartlepool uh, on a cold Tuesday night. We lost 1 0, and Peter Beardsley was playing. That's my memory of that game. And it was at the old ground. It, the toilets were stinking, and yeah, just yeah, the bug just went from there, really. That was back in what, 1997. And I'm still, I'm now up in Scotland now, so there you go. Yeah, some of the most horrific memories when it comes to football, stinking toilets and uh, losing 1-0 to Hartlepool made you continue supporting Shrewsbury um, football. Uh, we'll we'll go, in, um, go into it early. Uh, we'll talk about your season so far. Um, Shrewsbury's had a bit of an up-down season, more downs than ups, but you lost nine, won six and drawn two. It's not many draws in there, so either probably you know tough to beat in terms of nicking a win, but conceding a fair few amount of goals versus how many you've scored but just talk to the listeners about how your season has unfolded so far because you know it looks negative on paper but you've you've had some good memories as well yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird season if I'm honest because obviously we had the restructure at the start 
Steve Cottrell left. Um, there's been rumours flying about why he left, and it was clearly he was clearly unhappy. There was a lot behind the scenes, you know, that was nothing was said. So, yeah, coming into the season, obviously Taylor came in. This new structure with more everyone left Cheltenham, even the kit man and everyone else. The, <laughs> everyone seemed to leave Cheltenham and come to us. Um, but yeah, it was. We, we seem to be obviously keeping strong home form, which is good. Um, we're struggling away from home. It's just the entertainment's still not there, and it's it's never really been there. Um, our expectations as a club, I suppose, of Shrewsbury. You know, I suppose we're maybe where we should be. I suppose in some respects, what people would say, but yeah, the, it doesn't feel even though we're only three points off where we were probably around this time last year under Cottrell, it does seem to be a bit more negative. I mean, as an exile, I, used, I feel so far, you know, I'm not like attached to the club in that respect. It just, just a bit disorganized. Um, but on the field, I mean, you know, we are starting to score more now in the last few games, but that's been the real concern as well. Usually we're quite strong and solid at the back. And uh, I think because obviously the strikers are struggling to score and we're not getting enough goals, it's putting more pressure on the back. You know, we we seem to be getting. You know, we've got a good result against Derby and at home one win one nil, Charlton at home nil nil. You know, decent teams. Um, but then you know we seem to then not follow that up and we'll, we'll go to say Barnsley and lose three nil. And it's just one of those stop start seasons. And you you know there's been injuries as well. You don't want to blame injuries it's sometimes easy to say that but I mean George Nurse for example was a, a you know a quality left back in his first season for us missed all of last season as well as Udo Udo's come back he's off doesn't quite look the same you know, still not got that sharpness and then obviously we've lost Nurse again we've lost Shipley who's only just come back so key players as well so there's been a lot of things to take into account you know in terms of Taylor trying to implement his team. A lot of players have come in. A lot of players have, that are inexperienced as well. So I suppose as Shrewsbury fans, we should be... It, it's more about the entertainment side of things. I think, you know, the points, if we weren't getting the points and that, but there was a bit of entertainment, but we, we seem to be getting some weeks okay results and then other weeks we're just getting nothing. Um, and... and you know, I'm sure as you've seen first half against Redden, I mean, the defending was diabolical for the goals. And I think that's a frustrating thing. It's just, yeah, we're making mistakes that we weren't making maybe in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the football you've played in spells, watching watching a few games back and doing a bit of research. And I know you only scored 10 goals, but the football you play somewhat, you can see Matt Taylor's style coming a little bit. I know at Warsaw he had his ups and downs as well, but... What what sort of style has Matt Taylor brought in? What has he instilled in terms of the belief? I know it's been a struggle to score goals, probably because your lack of players like Odu um, initially early doors. But what is what's, what is he implemented? Like what sort of style do we expect from him and Shrewsbury on Saturday? It's hard to see really because I don't think there's quite the sort of there doesn't seem to be a style. If I'm honest, when from what I'm watching, it doesn't. It I think that's partly down to the injuries. See if we've got like certain players in, you've got that balanced side. So in terms of this, this, the team shape has changed slightly from a sort of three, four, three. Um, I think that's helped with Shipley coming back in. They're trying to do something different. Um, and you could see that 
come to fruition with some of the goals that we've scored. It, we look a bit more creative. Obviously, just look at. I mean, I think the last three games that we've won have been three-two, so that tells its own story that we're looking <laughs> more attacking, but we're then leaving ourselves a bit open at the back. Um, we, you know, we we did start the season with the sort of three-five-two formation or five-three-two, however you want to call it, uh, whatever way you look at it, um, with the three centre backs and that, but. Um, which is still the case, but yeah, I think this. I think he's trying to play some sort of passing style. But when you look at the stats, I mean, I mean, we're twentieth possession-based football in the league. You know, out of the twenty-four teams, so we're probably more of a direct side at times. Um, you know, our XG starts are, I think, twenty-third in the league as well. So we're not really got much of an attacking sense at the moment. So I, I've got to be honest, it's really hard to sort of distinguish what sort of style we are playing sometimes. And I think it's just a, a case of he's still trying to work out what his best team are and obviously trying to work with what he's got because of the injuries. And to... Well, your XG, as you say, is quite low down in terms of created chances, etc. But I think you're, you're expected to score about 14 goals this season and, and scored 10. Obviously, scoring goals is a bit of an issue. Lack of... Lack of goal score up front, I suppose. I mean, lack of squad depth and and lack of maybe the ability to to bring someone in different that's going to make that difference for Shrewsbury. And it probably says a lot for about where you are in the league and where you've been over the few years and not the drama, but the the things that have gone on behind the scenes um, at Shrewsbury. So, I mean, is it a case of you have just missed lots of chances or are you just lacking that goal score up front? Because, like I said, 10 goals is is pretty low down in the League One form guide. Um and, and you say it adds pressure to your defence because you've actually conceded less than Blackpool this season, obviously, but you, you just lack those goals. And, you, and, you know, with a goal score, you could potentially be up there in the, in the table. Um, so it's a, a funny old game in that sense. It's, yes, it's a weird. I mean, you look at the table and I think we're something like four or five points off relegation, but, I mean, two or three wins and you're back in sort of top six, which is weird. It doesn't feel like we're, we're that near. So, I mean, the table's quite funny because, I mean, you look at, like, support Vale and Exeter are just not far from us. And, and they, they were at the top end of the table not so long ago. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of what you're saying about attacking sense, I just think that um, Shipley is, is a massive player for us. I mean, last season, him and Bayless were really good together. Obviously, worked together at Coventry. They know each other's game and... And then to sort of our Bayless and Shipley, especially our key players, and li- to link into our strikers. Um, Udo, to be fair to him, I don't think it's about mis. I just don't think we're not. Cre- I just think we're not creating enough chances at the minute, and that's the problem. I mean, we. I mean, Udo's got. We scored ten goals, and he's scored two and three assists. So you know, fifty percent of our sort of goals have come from him, as well. Um, so I just think we just need to start creating more chances, really, um, is, the, is the key. And obviously, there's the likes of Mata who's come in. Um, there was a bit of a delay on him coming in with his visa. Um, but he's not really... He's, he seems to be sort of a striker that brings players in, um, you know, come deep or he'll come and get the ball. He's, he came on recently, I think it was against Bolton, and probably made more of an effort up the top end. Um you know, and put himself about. So I think it's just a, a case of him getting more minutes as well and hopefully getting his first goal. And maybe, you know, some strikers will get um, like confident sort of strikers where they'll, as soon as they get their first goal, they'll sort of then maybe knock two or three more in. So 
It's just a wait or see game with him, with Matt. So obviously at the moment you're 16th in the league table. Before the season started, where would the realistic Shrewsbury fan expect to finish, do you reckon, come the end of the season? So after last season, we finished 12th. So it was progression under Cottrell. But and at one point, we looked like we could be getting into the playoffs and we were doing really well. And then we just fell off a cliff in the last sort of two months. But the running we had was ridiculous. It was against all the teams in the top half. So it was a tough ask. But realistically, you're thinking the improvement there, you're thinking we'll push on to top 10. But obviously then the changes that have happened in the club, it's... And then the players that have left, you know, Luke Leahy, a massive, massive player. Um, you know, that's a big hole to fill in the Shrewsbury side, not just for his goals, uh, but for his leadership skills and just his uh, overall quality in the middle. Um, you know, and then one or two others we've lost on loan. Um, so, and then obviously Pennington as well, massive, massive player at the back for us. Um, so it was a case of like rebuilding again. So you, I suppose you've got to be realistic that, where we are at the minute is probably a, an okay position, but at the same point, it's just I think what Shrewsbury fans are frustrated at is, as I've already mentioned, is a style of play or the lack of entertainment. You go to football games to be to win games, obviously, and see your team win. But if you're not winning games, what you expect is a bit of entertainment. I think at times we're not getting either. So I think uh, Saturday contribute to a bit of entertainment I think watching uh, your game going on a, a soccer Saturday or the alerts come up obviously seeing two late goals in stoppage time was very dramatic um, and obviously good good for the home side as well but I'm going to touch upon your key players a little bit you've mentioned quite a few of them whilst talking but it's just go in depth a little bit about them obviously you've got a centre-back which is your top goal scorer in Dunkley um, who adds a bit of experience to your team um, but you've mentioned already Bayliss who I think you know over the years has been a a very decent footballer maybe surprised a little bit that it hasn't kicked on um and then you've already mentioned obviously of course odo um who who's been who's had a bit of a torrid time of injury and stuff but just tell the listeners exactly where you where you where you think you know your best players are yeah so um i mean i've mentioned all those players for their qualities and what they do provide and, and what they bring um, but if you wanted to go for maybe a, an underrated sort of player that would go under the radar um of opposition teams and fans is probably uh Carl Winchester, really good player in the middle, plays out wide white on the wing back, but that's not his position. He's a great sort of player in the middle, sort of your proper box to box player. He's got an eye for a pass as well. Sort of player that does all the dirty work as well in the middle. Um sometimes those sort of players go a bit unnoticed in games and don't get the credit they deserve. And for me, he's a sort of a real sort of key player for me that Winchester. Yeah, he had a he had a really good spell at um, Sunderland, of course. Obviously, when they went on their decent run, and as you say, with with Dunkley at the back and him in midfield, he, they both had a little bit of spine to the team, don't they? So, I think when you're on it, they'll certainly be key players with, within the side. Um, you've said you kind of you, you originally set up in a in a five three three five two formation. Um, when did Matty Taylor sort of change that, or, or do you sort of revert back to that in some games, or have you predominantly stuck with sort of a four three three sort of system? It's only been recently from what well, it's hard to tell, but it's only recently. I mean, it did come out and say that because they wanted to try something a bit different. And I think that's probably coincided with um, Shipley coming back in. As already mentioned, he does provide that decent bit of width out wide up, up the top end. And 
you know, he's quite flexible in a couple of positions as well. He's got an eye for a goal, eye for a pass as well. So I think this is something that, you know, we'll probably continue to take into the Blackpool game. Um, because as you mentioned yourself, you know, defensively, you're not exactly the best. Um, and obviously we need to try and start scoring more. So uh, hopefully, um, saying that, it's probably going to be a nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna. I don't. I don't want to be negative, um, like on the pod in terms of how this game's going to pan out. Craig, I'll come to you. That they something that Blackpool fans potentially be screaming out for, and we'll come on to it a bit later. Obviously, a system that isn't working. They've changed it up a little bit, and they've bared the fruits of that a little bit. And they pose as dangerous opponents on Saturday. Just, just bear in mind they're only four points behind us. A win puts them obviously within touch and distance of Blackpool. And we're expected to push on towards the playoffs in the next few games with with both Shrewsbury and Northampton at home. Um, obviously Portsmouth obviously breaking those games up, but we we should be as Blackpool fans probably looking at six points. But at the same time, they've scored six in two, um, start to find their feet a little bit. They are fairly well organised, um, conceded less than Blackpool. So. What sort of game do you expect from Shrewsbury? Because it's one of these tricky games where we're at home and we're expected to take the game to them. Yeah, it, it's a tricky one, really. A bit of a bit of a bogey team, really, um, coming to Bloomfield Road. And, you know, the confidence will be high from the, the result of the weekend for, for, for Shrewsbury, certainly. And also you've got to throw in the mix of the emotion, you know, Pennington, ex-player versus Shrewsbury. You know, how's the Shrews fans going to react to Pennington on, on Saturday? Um and also, we don't really know what team Critch is going to put out. Normally, you can kind of guess nine of your 11, but at the moment, it's a bit of a lottery. And I'm just concerned that we've not had the consistency of the players starting 11, certainly, that we know what we're going to expect. So we don't really know until the day what, what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll um, take Craig's funder a little bit. He was going to ask you this question. He's kind of alluded to it already, but... Um, Martin, what kind of reception, um, I assume a very good one, will Shrewsbury fans give Pennington on Saturday? Yeah, Pennington uh, will get a very good reception, no doubt. I'll be very shocked if he uh, if there's any booing. Um, I, I mean, Pennington was a class act. He's uh, um, one of my favourite defenders that's played for Shrewsbury and, and that's saying something when you know I've been supporting him since 1997. And I just think he's he's just... He's just an all-round decent guy as well, just off the field. Um, always mixed in with the, you know, the stuff that they were doing in the community, and yeah, he's just a very decent guy. And um, you know, he, he played over 100 games for us. Um, I mean, he he scored I think sort of like 10 or 11 goals as well. You know, he's always contributing three or four goals a season, uh, including a, a nice uh, winner at Blackpool um, <laughs> a few years ago. So, uh, so yeah, um, but uh, then you're probably thinking, oh, it'd be nice he'll probably score against Shrewsbury. Like, so we'll see what the reaction is if he does score against us. But um, no, no, he, he'll certainly get a good reception and uh, I wish him all the best in the future, you know, when he left. And um, some questioned why he went to Blackpool because they're in the same division, but then Blackpool have only just come down from the championship. They have you know, obviously been up there in the championship in the past, in the Premier League and they are a, a bigger sort of grab than Shrewsbury and, and not just that, I think his family's are up near this area, you know, your area, sorry. So it all made sense really and obviously a bigger wage um, and you couldn't begrudge him of that and um, no, you know, a class act. 
Matt, what's your thoughts? Been on Pedden so far, has nearly played a thousand minutes for the Seasiders. Hasn't yet contributed a goal because when he first signed, a bit like Martin just said, I, I was expecting a, f- a few goals from corners. And, and I know Marv's, Marv's journey at Blackpool this season hasn't kicked on in the way he wanted it to with the system that Critchley plays. But I thought Marv's and him would be contributing maybe 10 goals between them, just, just judging by the style of play that we, we potentially were looking to do at the start of the season. It hasn't quite worked like that. But what's your, what's your thoughts on Pennington been so far? I've been really impressed, uh, to be quite honest. I think when we signed him, I think our general reaction was, yeah, that's a Critchley signing. That was a good way to... Was he our first signing? That was a good way to get uh, off the mark. I think Morgan was our first signing, but he did, it was... Yeah, it was a Morgan bit, was our first just signing. A bit after, just a bit after, wasn't it? Yeah. But it's one of the players you look at, I think, yeah, that's a Critchley sign. I've seen him from the Everton days. And to be honest, he, slits, he slots in really well on that right-hand side of the back three, I feel. There was a modern-day centre-back playing at a lower league level. It's just exactly what we needed. And, and I think it's a tidy play. And to be honest, he's probably unlucky he hasn't scored yet because he came close once or twice away at Bolton last Saturday. I think he headed once over the bar from a set-piece. And no, no, no complaints. I think defensively, it's one of the players we signed this season where you think, yeah, OK, we've made the right choice there. What, say one of three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the jury's still out on a lot of them, I suppose. But uh, Martin, we're going to finish on a few more questions. Um, just just more so your vulnerabilities, of course. Um, I'd like to say you've shipped goals this season. But as I've said once already, you've, you've shipped one less than Blackpool. So I don't think Blackpool have been extremely tight in the last few weeks. I think that's where most of our goals conceded have come from. So has yours been over a consistent sort of period? Because we started the season, obviously, as you know, with with three or four clean sheets and we looked really solid and it's it's unfolded a little bit from there. So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that a bit later on as to why that's potentially happened. But with Shrewsbury, is it a case of just lack of concentration, lack of quality at the back, or is it just, a like you say, a bit too much pressure on the defence and it's it's not gone in your favour? I think it's a bit of everything, really. I mean, uh, clean sheet-wise, um, I think... the team with the most have kept eight but we've kept five so in terms of clean sheets we're not bad I think it is a case of last season when we lost we'd lose maybe 1-0 or 2-1 this year we're going to Barnsley we're losing 3-0 you know we're not giving ourselves a chance we're shooting ourselves in the foot individual errors and mistakes are creeping in is that because of confidence is that because of we're not scoring missing the chances so then at the other end like you say the pressure um you know, just naturally, mentally, is it, it could be draining. It, it could be a number of things, but there has been individual areas. I mean, Bolton last week, we they were pretty average, Bolton. Nothing special. You know, it's been some better. I mean, Oxford are a better side than Bolton this season. Um, and we were, weren't playing brilliant, but we could contain them for 60 minutes. And then Morosi, you know, apparently had pulled his back up before the game went down within a couple of minutes. They obviously saw a vulnerability, had a shot, scored. That's it, game over, really. We weren't coming back from that. And um, it, that's what I'm saying, individual sort of errors or key or, or decisive decisions, you know, that should be for someone like Taylor to say, no, you know, get him off sort of thing rather than keep him on. So, you, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's just errors like that that have cost us. And then stuff like, I mean, Shay Dunkley and an experienced defender, one of our best players this season, as you mentioned, but then, stupidly cynically gets himself sent off at Wigan after four minutes again that's game over you know you're not coming back from that um, we are losing we're losing heavy um, and, and that's a frustrating thing really so 
it's um I think it's just a combination of things. And um I think these wins that we've got, even though they're against like like Colchester three two, Redden, who are a very poor side this year, low on confidence, three two. I think it's the fact how we came back in that game, won the game when we were two two nil down. It was a it felt like a must win game on on the online with the, the chat with the Shrewsbury fans and and then obviously winning three two last night. It seems to be a bit of confidence there now in the last few games. So hopefully, you know, with the goals going in, I suppose it doesn't really matter if we're conceding. It's a bit like that Kevin Keegan style from the sort of mid-90s. You know, they'll score two, we'll score three sort of thing. So hopefully, um, you know, we, we may... I, I would like to see a nice, ugly 1-0 win. Um, but um, no, vulner- just, vulnerability definitely is the key mistake, so... Finally, just have you got any questions for, for myself or the panel? We sort of answered the the panel one there. Um, I suppose um, looking at the Blackpool team, it, it, I was for me, I was expecting Blackpool to be up there, top six, no qualms. But I don't know what, what's what sort of you seem to have an okay start. But what's gone wrong with yourselves? You know, if you, I mean, you've got Jordan Rhodes, Rhodes is a very good striker at, at that level. Seems to be okay. But apart from that, who's your sort of key player? I suppose that we would need to look out for. Matt, you go ahead, bud. I think, obviously, you mentioned him yourself, Jordan Rhodes. Uh, if if he gets the ball in the box, chances are the ball's going in the back of the net. But obviously, if you mark him tightly, it's a problem there. I think, obviously, you have to look not too far away from him in Karamoko. Obviously, you give the ball to his feet. That lad is absolutely magic, and he can turn things on a dime, and... It's, I think for me, there are two key places you have to look out for that could like cause real danger. I think, in terms of the other individuals in the squad, the other players when they're on a raid game, they're brilliant, but they're hit and miss. But I think, in terms of two stand up players we can rely upon, it would have to be Karamoka and Jordan Rhodes. Yeah, for me, Martin, it's, we, we kind of went into a bit of detail about this sort of before, but we haven't changed system all season and it's it's been it's been to our demise in my personal opinion. I think we'll discuss whether we think we're getting better later, but we just we're just falling short in, in big games such as Bolton. And then we look really good. Like we were one 0 down to Oxford and we we brought on that man Karamoko Dembele and Morgan in the midfield and we, we start to rip them apart a little bit and we look like we, we could be anyone on our day and we scored and then probably should have scored more against them and, and won the game, but we're just not finding consistency this season. So uh, it's one of them ones. And Mark, um, Craig, sorry, said it earlier, like it depends on, there's probably eight, seven or eight players that we know we're going to play, but it generally makes a massive difference. If, if Karamoko doesn't start and we bring on a more defence midfielder or someone out of form, we just lose all impetus and penetration on the pitch. And we, we didn't sign that. We signed him kind of in Karamoko, but we also didn't sign that 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 box-to-box midfielder that can really make a difference, such as your own Moxon at Carlisle and Brannigan at Oxford, dare I say his name. We've been linked to him 2,000 times in the past. But it's just one of those players that make things happen in the middle of the park if Karamoko wasn't playing. So it's a tough one for us. We're trying to find our feet a little bit and trying to be positive, but also trying to balance where we need to change things. So um, I think Craig wants to talk about one key player before we move on to the Bolton game. Yeah, I think the key player for us at the moment was a big miss before Bolton was Norburn, who came in from Peterborough in the summer. Um, he got a, a neck injury and was probably out longer than anybody expected. I think when he's at the base of the midfield, 
we just seem we seem to be very tight at the back. And you know, he missed three slash four games and without him there, there was a big vulnerability in there because the other midfielders that came in were probably a little bit more creative rather than defensive. So having Norbs is Norbs back is a is a big boost. Keeping him fit and Critch said he played through the pain barrier at Bolton, you know, has that had any effect on before Saturday? We'll move on to the to the Bolton um Bolton uh review now, buddy. Feel free to sit around if you want to listen. If not, um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and look forward to hearing your thoughts after Saturday as well. Yeah, no problem. I'm just going to go, but that's much appreciated. It's been nice to be on and I'll listen back to it when it's up on. Uh... Right, gents. Uh, the thing I didn't want to talk about too much and we won't focus too much on, on the game on Saturday because it was one of these ones where, you know, we fell short again um, and it was very emotional because obviously we were playing Bolton and it probably feels a lot worse um, because of, because it was a derby. You know, there was a lot of fans... Both, both of you were there and, and 4,100 Blackpool fans obviously paid a lot of money to go and see see the Seasiders and we didn't quite turn up for the game. But Craig, I'll go through your thoughts of the lineup. Um, so we had Grimshaw, Pennington, obviously Marvs as expected and, and Hubby at the back. Um, Hamilton and Thompson on the other side coming in um, potentially for a bit of surprise in a big game. But I think previously... In my opinion, you know, against Charlton, etc., he did turn up, and and we wouldn't really have complained pre-match. And I think there was many complaints, but we'll come on to your thoughts in a second. Morgan coming into the midfield um, alongside Norburn, obviously Morgan replacing Dougal, and then Kerry retaining his place. Um, introduction of Karamoko, um, of course, um, who, who you know was no surprise to start. But what is your thoughts when you first saw the lineup? Um, it it was very positive. I looked at it outside the ground, waiting at turnstiles, looked at them for. We're going to, them, going to give him a good idea. here. <laughs> that was my initial reaction because it looked attacking with Dembele, with Rhodes, with Carey tucked in behind. My concern was Thompson, but you've got to remember this is the same Thompson that, I'm not talking about his Brentford day, he's got man in a match versus Man City in a Premier League game. So you can't doubt his ability. I think there's, a, there's definitely a, a confidence issue there or played in the wrong position. Um, personally, I would have probably played Kawasi, um, but I think no, um, Rhodes needs big man next to him. But obviously, we went with obviously Rhodes out and out on his own, which at times made us one-dimensional. Yeah, just to give my two pence worth. I think one this uh, Thompson versus Man City thing gets repeated way too many times. <laughs> It was one of them games where, you know, Brentford shocked them or whatever. And, you know, he did play right down that wing back. But I don't think the ability is quite that level because obviously he would have kicked on by now. But at the same time, for Thompson, I don't, I generally went through X on Saturday, looked at the team sheet, and I had absolutely no complaints. I think Dale potentially moving forward is a better player defensively, though. And, and, you know, and he's mixing things up because the game's coming thick and fast. I don't think anyone really said, why is Thompson playing? Um, and I think everything I saw, as, as 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 you've kind of mentioned, was really positive about the lineup. Um, one obviously player, Matt, who wasn't in there, as in the stands with both uh, both yourself and the other fans taking photos and talking to the fans, was of course Shane Lavery suffered another setback. Um, quite fantastic player on his day, but um, he's always getting injured as he starts to you know form he did it in the championship I think he had like four or five goals in a few games and then obviously this he's just scored against Fleetwood um, and and started to get back on the score sheet in some other games and he's obviously got another hamstring injury which you're looking at about six to eight weeks out again because it's reoccurring right 
Yeah, it's definitely frustrating, and it probably feels just the same for him. You know, no football wants to sit out, and it's a real shame for us. I think it's kind of good timing that is when Kyle Joseph is just coming back into the team that has picked up this injury that I've got pretty much a direct replacement for him. Uh, but no, yeah, it's a massive shame. I think Lavery, you saw in that Fleetwood game, the impact he can have when he comes off the bench and he scares defenders at this level and you can see why. And it's better, even if you go to the Bromley game in the FA Cup, he just gives you that energy, that press. It, something that Rhodes and Kwasi doesn't give as much. That turns out just that raw energy. Um, but no, it's a shame to see him gone. And I think it'll be interesting to see how now Kyle Joseph will have to be thrown in that deep water a bit to go, all right, probably going to give him more minutes a bit sooner than you expected. But here you go. So it's one of them. One, was it, what's the old saying? Is it one door closes and if one opens? So while yeah. one door closes for Lavery, it's a chance for Joseph to potentially shine. Yeah, all one in, one out as Blackpool wear. As Blackpool always say, Dougal out, Norburn in. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. I think Joseph actually will come on to us a bit later. I think he looked quite sharp when he came on, considering how long he's been out. So my, my, my only thought process is now every time he, he's going to run in behind, you're kind of wincing to hope he doesn't pull up. And we've got no strikers left in, in that sense. And Rhodes, the oldest man on the pitch, is keeping himself fit and, and hopefully injury-free as well. But... Um, Matt, I'll stay with you because we started the game almost exceptionally well and it was a, a nice ball forward um, and, a, and a sumptuous flick on. Shall, shall I use that descriptive word? Because the way he curved his neck back to flick the ball on to Dembele um, meant that he had a chance to strike it from just outside the box. And, you know, fairly decent strike clips the outside of the post. And Craig mentioned pre-pod if that goes in. Bolton are on the back foot and have to take the game to us, and it could have been a different game. But lo and behold, it was just just short of the um, short of the goal, and and but nonetheless a good start for the Seasiders. No, I was, when that shot obviously we just went wide. I I just turned around to the lads I was with, and I was like, "We're on it today." I really thought, "Oh, we're on something." Now it seems like the lads are firing. Obviously, Karamoko picked up brilliant bit of space as he always does to have that shot, and I thought we could cause some damage here, but. I think it was a bit of a red herring because it turned out after that the chances were few and far between. And I think the I think Bolton also did very well to kill any momentum we had. They just kept the ball, we struggled to get back off them, and we couldn't really set our tone to the game, and it showed. Yeah, Craig, yeah, we kind of talked pre-pod about us being one-dimensional, but then in the same breath you said we did a really good job to stop, to stop Bolton. We we seem to do a good job at stopping every team we play up until the point where we can't then take the game to them. Obviously, there's only been times such as Stevenage, etc. this season when we've really flexed our muscles, so to speak. I think that's the best way I can describe it. I think against Shrewsbury on Saturday, we should flex our muscles a little bit and be free. Um, but it feels that we're restricted. It feels like we've got a belt around our waist. It feels like we've been chained to the ankles a little bit when you've got the likes of Karamoko, Carey, who can run, you know, play in roads. Um, um, even the wing backs, of course, Hamilton. But we then set up, say, stop. We're playing this 5-3-2 and we're going to stop you from scoring. But we haven't had that ability to to, to maybe just be free and, and, and risk conceding that goal because it hasn't stopped us conceding this season doing this. So, 
was do you think it was one dimensional or do you think we set up in the right way and we, we you know we've lost this game to to a decent strike but an avoidable goal you could describe the performance as probably stale in terms of our attacking impetus however Dion Charles I don't really remember him getting a clear cut chance um, but equally at the other end our set pieces did we show Santos too much respect because every set piece we had corner or free kick we could have worked it into the box numerous occasions and we kind of worked it around the edge of the box looking for that almost killer kind of pass for that perfect Blackpool goal. So I just worry that rather than getting it in the box and getting a scrappy goal or it coming off someone's shin and it going in and, you know, kick-starting the season again, I just worry that we're, we're trying to overplay it and overthink it. And, and I said pre-pod about Critch is very good with players positioning off the ball let the players have the ball and show their attacking flair at times. And sometimes you've just got to be a bit braver and do that, I think. Yeah, Matt, Craig raises a really good point. And for the risk of sounding repetitive on the pod each week, um, Critch is being repetitive, is playing this system, which hasn't changed in any way, shape or form in terms of the way we play in that 5-3-2, if that's the way he wants to play, or 3-5-2. We haven't been different in the system, have we? So... I think first half, second half, you look at statistically, there wasn't too much difference between the two teams. Um, we had five shots on goal in the first half. They had six and we carried a bit of momentum early doors. Um, they had a couple of shots on target and, and somewhat of a big chance. They kept the ball quite well. Um, we we And Craig said, we, we, we've set up to stop them and we did a fairly good job of that. You can't argue that if the game plan was to go and nick a goal um, you know, or, or come away with a draw that we weren't doing very well at that in the first half. Second half was a slightly different story. Um, we had 58% possession. We had we had six shots on goal, um, but once again, zero shots on target. And does that just emulate how... I I'm, I'm kind of lost for words of it. Does, does, does it say... What does it say about this shape and is it working? Because we, we kind of seem to play the players where Critchley wants to play. The only time I can really say that it's been different was against Peterborough when his hand was forced and we went to a four and we actually looked like an incredibly attacking side. So in your mind, uh, the long the long way around this question, in your mind is why do you think Critchley hasn't yet tried a different system yet? Or why do you think he's continuing with the system if he hasn't seen results from it? Um, I don't think he knows who his best eleven is. No, Matt, sorry. I agree there, Craig. But no, absolutely, I don't think he knows who his best 11 is. I think it seems like he also signed players in transfer window not to fit a system. It's like he's signed players going, oh, yeah, he's good. He's good. Like an excited kid at a toy shop going, I want that toy, I want that toy, I want that toy. And he's got them all and he's like, hold on, I've got a Hulk Hogan here, I've got an Iron Man, and I've got a Barbie doll. How do I, how do I play with Lee's? And now he's... Is now struggling to fit all these players to squad because at the end of the day, Moko's not an out and out striker, he's a winger. That's that's the job I try to trade. Owen Dale, winger, he's not a wing back. It's the same with CJ Hamilton, and I think the 3 5 2 it's just not it's, it's not working. It's great, it's great at stopping teams, nullifying teams, like, like you say, like the Bolton game. Fair enough, we did keep him quiet. It was a Thomason wonder strike, I think you could say. Great goal from him, but it's against the run of play, just shot outside the box, gone in, they've took their chance. We could have very easily won one nil with the Caraboco goal. Um 
But no, it's just as a fan, it's just a bit like oh, it's three five two. Like we see it every week, and we make jokes about it in the WhatsApp group we're in, Tom. Where it's like people comment on the team lineup every week. Oh, what formation are we playing? You know what formation we're playing. <laughs> it's the same thing every week. It's like yeah. watching EastEnders. Oh, I wonder which characters are going to be on. You know which characters are going to be on. It's the same as yesterday. Yeah. But no, it's just frustrating. You just want to see a bit of, oh, wow, it's a 4 3 3 this week. Or, oh, it's a 4 4 2. It just seems like we've got not not got any plan B. It's like Critchy's drilled the system into him, and it's this system ride or die. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and this isn't like I say a negative point. I think ultimately, I'm still happy that Critch is uh, is the manager. Um, I couldn't name you two or three managers that I immediately want. I can name you loads that I prefer to have, of course, and they play better football, so on and so forth. But within our remit, I think it's still a good fit, but I think my patience is wearing a little bit thin in terms of the critch we saw first time around and the critch we're seeing this time around. It's almost like he's scared to do something different. Now I got posed a couple of questions, but um, I'll ask, ask you in a minute, Craig, but my first question actually is I've asked this a couple of times in the pod, but what, what on earth do you think is going on with critch? Because the first time around, um, I'll, I'll repeat the same thing. I said we had players like Medine, Yates, um, Hubby, um, Maxwell, Grimshaw. They all said he's so specific with what he wants. He's so well drilled. His research is second to none. Changes his system. He changes his players. He changes his shape. He changes his plans for every single opponent that he has. Whereas it's kind of lazy this time around. I don't see us being meticulous. I don't see us being detailed. I don't see us being driven to want to win games and give the fans exactly what they want and fans what they want are wins whether that's one nil when we have one shot on target and we and we set up a bit like Barnsley and we, we walk away it doesn't matter if we won six nil or one nil that away end was absolutely erupting and we were you know fist bumps at the end and we were happy this you know but it's not consistent we've, we've drawn six lost six I think it's something like that isn't it um one six drawn six um and we've lost five so this season has been not consistent in any way, shape or form. I suppose two questions I have is Critchley, has he lost it a little bit in terms of what he needs to do because he doesn't know his starting 11 or do you think that he's just got it all wrong in, in a sense of um, 5 three, 2 and now he's being quite stubborn, he doesn't know what to do afterwards? Um, I'd call it a QPR effect. I think he was, obviously, he lost his job fairly quickly at QPR. The handbrake's firmly on at Blackpool. I think he's setting up the team to not be beaten. So by doing that, that's obviously negating our lack of quality at the other end of the pitch. Not lack of quality in players, but lack of obviously scoring. And I think he's so stuck in his ways with his formation that the handbrake's on. There's no plan B at the moment. And hopefully maybe get a really positive win on Saturday. And you might just see him take the shackles off a little bit. Do you agree, Matt? I think now is the perfect time to show a bit of flexibility from a tactical perspective. Like I agree with Craig there wholeheartedly. It does seem like after the QPR disaster for him, because let's face it, he's the worst QPR manager in their history. He's probably been a bit, he's gone from Blackpool where he's this young buddy, like highly rated coach, where it's kind of like, oh, he might get picked up at any moment to when he's eventually got a, job at a QPR which are a big club 
he's gone, became the worst manager in history. So he's probably thinking, hold on, I don't want that again. And maybe he's a bit too scared to succeed. And it's shown like, you see it in the player interviews as well. The players talk about how organised they are and the key word is organised. But I think at the same token as being organised, he'd have a bit of flair within that. I think that's what we're struggling for, what we're striving for. We need something just to go, just need flair. That's it. Just something a bit different for when we can switch to. And you can see that in Karamoko when he tries to change the game. But at the end of the day, you see it at the Bolton game last week. He's put him on for 60 minutes and then subbed him off. And it's kind of like, and as soon as he subbed uh, Karamoko off, I turned around. I was just like, He's put Owen Dale back at right, at like a right wing spot, which he's not played for us in two years, and it's it just seemed to be, you just lose all enthusiasm. So yeah, I'm just, he does seem a bit scared to succeed. Do, do, do you think it's scared to succeed, or do you think it's scared to to lose games? I think Craig said he wants to be really organised and resilient, but we've now conceded twenty three goals and scored twenty four. Um, I'm not scoring that much recently and Shrewsbury, they have only scored 10, but they've conceded less than us at 23 and they, they've defensively looked awful. So we're not any better for going five at the back and we're not any more creative for going five at the back. So is it the is it the squad and his lack of options? Um, that is the reason why he doesn't want to go to like a 4-4-2 or even a 4-3-3? Or do you think he's we are going to click? Because Wayne's asked the question... In the podcast chat, is are we getting better, albeit at a slow rate? Are we actually better now? Because you got to think, Dougal and Norburn are going to play together on Saturday. We hope, provided Norburn's not injured, and potentially Joseph and Rhodes up front, or Kowasi and Rhodes, and we're going to have kind of a you know Gabriel is a, is another option, isn't it? Lions is an option. So with with everybody available to him, for me there isn't a there isn't a we haven't got the right players there to play the system because he can change system from a 5-3-2 to a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2. And he did it early doors last time. So do you think he's afraid to lose games because players are starting to know their roles and if he changed it, they wouldn't know? I don't I don't know what the what the answer is. I, you kind of say before Bolton, we we could argue we were looking better. And is this loss just, a, just another one of those, you know, sh- sh- one of those games where we just just missed out and we, we didn't quite get it right and we're going to move on to Shrewsbury and do really well? Or do you think we've got a real long-term problem here with finding consistency? I don't think it's a real long-term problem. I think, obviously, what we have to remember are Bolton, are, as much as we dislike them, they are a good team. They were in the playoffs last year. We knew they were going to be up play last season. They'd be fighting up in that top six for them top six spots with us. So I think as much as you want to beat your rivals, I don't think we can be too overly disappointed for one loss against Bolton, who are a good team. But I think what we need, what we can be upset about is the t- team performance and the way it's been set out. So if we lost one, I'd rather us lose one nil going for it and us having tw- 10 t- shots on target and just throwing how to lever rather than us being reserved, organised and losing 1-0. If I could see it, if a sub-op team lose going for it, I'd be a lot more happy than seeing a team try and be organised, losing. Yeah, Hoggy said it last week, Greg, where we don't mind if we lose 3-1 and, and we've gone for it all game, but 
Matt, I know you literally mean we're happy with a one-nil loss, but I can complain losing one-nil to any side, regardless of who it is, whether it's Oxford, Portsmouth, Bolton, Derby, um, or Fleetwood, um, because we have not had a single shot on target, and that just it just screams that he must see we need to change something. I got absolutely hammered by but certain fans who just, you know, is my opinion because I said, why don't we go to a four four two? Because we will look better in my opinion. I almost think it's a guarantee. And they just, you know, they argued that players, I mean, it's a fair argument. Players should be able to play in the system which the manager wants, but we don't look comfortable in this system, do we? Bennington at right back against Peterborough looked outstanding. Um, I know you have to drop a centre-back if we go to a four, maybe playing right back, but you now got, Gabriel Lyons, Pennington, who can all play there. Um, you know, you, at left back, you've got Lyons and Hubby who can play there. Um, you know, they're, they're, those three players are absolutely outstanding. At centre back, you know, you know, got Marv's in a four, which is tremendous. You've got Casey, husband can slip into there. You've, you know, you've got a, an abundance of players that can play at centre back for us now. Even Farmers as a backup isn't horrendous. You know, in centre mid, you've got the likes of Norburn and Dougal and Carey and Morgan, and they can all slot into there. Jensen Weird, may I add, I don't know what he's done wrong to not get any minutes in the league, but you've got him at centre. You've got wingers coming out of our ears in terms of lines can play there. Hamilton, Dale. Um, and then you've got three or four strikers to choose from now as well. So the four four two does help. The four three three would also come into play. So I don't, I don't, I, I just, I just don't know why he he is not yet like Matt said has changed at mid game to go right. Let's go for it because zero shots on target for me is inexcusable. No, you're absolutely right. Do you almost feel there's a fear factor there that obviously Critch left and obviously come back had to win the crowd back over? Do you think there's a fear factor there from Critch that? If he loses some games, that you know the North may turn against him. Also, I don't know, but we're we're losing games anyway, aren't we? We're not winning games. <laughs> I just said we, we've drawn and lost. Um, sorry, yeah, we've drawn and won six and lost five. So, you know, you're almost at an even par for every single result based on his his team sheet, isn't it? And this isn't all on Critch, by the way. I think we we just said at the start of the pod, Matt, that that the team lineup we really like. It's but it's on paper it looks like an exceptional side but we didn't go with that impetus to go and try and score a goal and I think that's Blackpool fans that's what we want to see against Shrewsbury um, um, and and we kind of had it against Morecambe where you know we, we played with a bit of creativity despite being a League 2 side we, we played with a bit of freedom and maybe that was because of a mixture of youngsters and Gabriel coming back and, and, and Lions playing and we've got those attacking um, foremost thinking players, so maybe maybe that's it. Maybe we need Gabriel and Lyons back and driving down the down the, down the sides, and you know some players get dropped and we try something different. But we're not any more resilient and we're not any more better for continuing to play the system. Because if we won ten and we just lost two in a row, we can maybe have an argument. Say yeah, it's a better thing long term. But we have not yet won. I think two or three games in a row. Um, no. I was just saying the most exciting part of last night for me was Andy Lyons cutting from left wing back and having a shot. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> because I think if you go back to the Bolton game, he passes it down the line to husband who makes an overlapping run or he plays it safely to a centre mid, to one of the centre mids to then pass it, who then passes it on. He cut in and had a shot. And I was like, thank God. A bit of, a bit of flair, a bit of creativity, a bit of going, oh, you know what? And how many times have you been out at Bloomfield Road or away at a game where there's a player on the edge of a box with the ball, a midfielder, and we're just shouting, shoot. Mm. <laughs> it seems like we're always going to go for that extra pass. 
And I'm not sure yeah. if that's been drilled in or if it's maybe something from the player side. But just sometimes you've got to go for it, don't you? And I, I agree with what you were saying there, Tom. You go for the four four two and go for the the squad depth we have there. I'd argue Critchie's got a bigger selection headache with a four four two than he does a three five two because a three five two the team relatively picks itself apart from one or two players. Yeah, we'll take we'll take the positives out of the game, Craig. I think out of all the players on Saturday, um, you know, Rhodes Rhodes was left a bit by himself. I don't think we need to talk about his performance just he was just had a lack of service at the end of the day, playing one striker away from home and no shots on target kind of screams the reason why he didn't have a fairly successful game. But one of those players that you picked out um, who read the game quite well in the central midfield was Albie Morgan. Yeah, I think it's probably one of his better games in Tangerine, really. Um, he read the game. He read what Bolton was going to be doing and was there for, the, and he like cut the ball out, intercept it. And his array of passing was probably the best I've seen this season from him. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think going through um, his stats for Blackpool, he, he had one of the best ratings, and his accurate passes were 42 out of 51. Um, his crosses were two out of two, and his accurate long balls um, um, across the pitch was nine out of ten. Um, and he definitely tried to make things happen. And you, you talk about his defensive um, capabilities and reading the game well. Um, he won both of his aerial draws, which is quite good for, for, for a fairly small lad. Um, and he recovered the ball 11 times in centre midfield, which is probably making up for for, for Norburn feeling quite rusty. But he actually stepped up to the plate. And with, with all due respect to him, um, if you see him over Carey um, on Saturday alongside Dougal and Norburn, if they're both fit and Dougal comes back, you kind of wouldn't argue that he deserves a chance um, um, and maybe add something different to the midfield, depending on what we play. Um, likely to be 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, as we've spoken about. But if he was to change it, he certainly probably deserves a little chance. But what do we want against Shrewsbury then, gentlemen? We've got a few minutes left um, on the pod. We'll talk about um, some other news um, um, and the Morgan game in a second. But let's just uh, assume he's going to play 3-5-2. Um, Craig, what do you want to see in the middle of the park or what do you want to see up front with Joseph in contention and, and you know, Karamoko potentially starting two games in a row, which would be quite alien to, to Critchley and Blackpool? Yeah, I think both Matt and yourself want the same flair, a bit of impetus, a bit of nous, you know, with Norbert in the vertebrae, the team in the midfield, Karamoko, Karamoko starting, you know, like I say, two games running, let's give him a run of games in front of, a you know, a busy Bloomfield road, get the crowd behind him and, you know, I'm going into this game with the mentality I went into the Bolton game that, you know, we can actually get a result. So the, the faith is still with me. Um, just want to see that final third with a bit more flair and a bit more, a bit more nous really, but no positive for Saturday. And I think we'll get, we'll get a win. Yeah, Matt, I think pre-season, I know we played the likes of Hibs um, um, and who was at uh, Barrow, but the way we moved the ball in, in Critchley's new shape, we're actually genuinely really excited by the signings and everything we've got. Um, so when we're at full strength, um, I don't know if Critchley knows what he's going to do on Saturday just yet, but with the likes of Lions, etc., coming back, Norburn and Dougal in the middle with Karamoko, do, do you start, do you, do you feel that we're on the precipice of potentially starting to play a bit more football and taking, taking teams to the sword a little bit more? Because as I've said, Saturday, They've won one away from home all season. I don't care if we haven't beaten them in eight, um, or sorry, the last eight games or, or playing for over 20 odd years. This is one game where if they've conceded early and and suffered from that this season, we should be 
ripping them apart early doors a bit like we have done at Bloomfield Road finding that goal and and, and going ahead like we did against um, the likes of um, Reading um, at Bloomfield Road previously this season and, and really kick-starting our season. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, especially after the Bolton game, that result kind of forces Critchley's hand a bit, kind of makes me feel, oh, I need to get a result here, I need to get the fans on board, let's go a bit more attacking. At the end of the day, with all due respect to Shrewsbury, we should be losing to Shrewsbury whatsoever. Shrewsbury are a team which should be an easy three points for us, realistically, especially hearing they've, they struggle to score and they concede just as much as we do. But no, yeah, it'll definitely force Critchley's hand, especially the last couple of times. And the thing is, what I have to remember is, is it, and I know this is a bit of nostalgia and going back, Critchley's first season in charge, we had a slow start. It's now we're getting the players back who we were missing at the start of the season, like Joseph, like Lyons, like Gabriel. Does this finally allow us to kick on like we did that first season under Critch? I hope so. That's just an optimist in me. But realistically, yeah, the past result should mean force Critch's hand a bit to play a bit more attacking football and no way she'll lose to Shrewsbury. So hoping for a win come Saturday. Yeah, Greg, um, we'll end the pod on a bit of news. Obviously, we played Morecambe yesterday and it was the likes of Andy Lyons and Gabriel back in the team. Gabriel getting 45 minutes and it was good to see. Um, uh, he was really sharp as well and Critch's really alluded to it. He looked really, really good um, from the right back position. Yeah, um, the Gabriel we first got when we when he first came to Blackpool was superb. Hopefully, get these injury woes behind him and let him crack on to be back to what he used to be like. I'd love nothing more to see you know Gabriel back into the eleven and you know getting down that right hand side really and, and you know getting getting everyone excited a little bit more. It can all be positive that he's fit again. Lions on the other hand, you know, great at set pieces, not afraid to have a shot. So. You know, can we get them both in the team somehow? I think eventually that would be the plan. They're definitely a part of my strongest 11, um, especially in League One as well. I think we're now, what, 16, 17 games in. It's our chance now over the next four or five weeks, especially December with the lineup of the teams. We should be looking at a fair few wins and going into January, looking to sign players and, and kick on. And that's the most ideal world. But with this squad we've got, I think there's absolutely no way, no reason, sorry, why why we can't do that. So, um, a lot to look forward to with with returning players, and I think that's you know a real benefit going into Saturday. You know, we don't know who's going to start, um, but the bench is going to look a lot stronger, and and potentially Weir gets in, potentially Great Gabriel gets in, potentially Lyon gets in, potentially Joseph gets in. So it keeps the opposition second guessing as well. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. Whether we play a different system, or whether we play five three two, I think we have better players playing in the system. So we we should see a lot more creativity come from that. So I don't know. We'll have to see what what turns up on Saturday. But I think a win, a, a nothing more than a win. I hate, I hate to say it, use the word, but it's probably inexcusable not to win against Shrewsbury at Bloomfield Road if if we have any chance of wanting to get promotion. Craig, absolutely. These are the teams. These are your bread and butter games that you you look at the beginning of the season. You think you know they're three points those, and I've looked at the next what four fixtures at home, and I'd expect twelve points out of twelve. You might think I'm crazy, but the games coming up, you'd expect maximum points. We'll we'll end the pod there. It's been it's been a fairly good talk. I appreciate that you know we is fairly negative around the Bolton game, but there wasn't much positive to take from it apart from like your Morgans etc. But like I think moving forward, I think just from my point of view, it, it's probably key that 
Critchley finds his team fairly soon because we're starting to drift a little bit away from that playoff pitch and Matt um, I know it's only four or five points uh, sorry a win will, will put us in contention for sixth place but that fifth and beyond are now four or five points away and if we get pick up a couple of draws maybe even defeats we start finding ourselves 10 11 12 points clear from from those play the playoff picture and and we'll have to go on a run ourselves to even to even have a chance to get that top six i know it's early doors but you know once december's done we're 25 26 games in 27 games in and you know we'll we'll get a clear picture of where we're going to probably be in contention or not yeah yeah absolutely at the end of the day these drop points they soon add up over the course of the season. And I think even, I think if you told me at the start of the season that in November would be where we are now, I think I'd be a bit disappointed if you told me then. But no, now's the real time for Christian to kick on. And like Craig said, with the home games we've got coming up, we should be expecting maximum points and we should be expecting to really push on from now. Now's the perfect time. It's obviously, Portsmouth away next week will be a tough game. But other than that, we should be trying to take as maximum points as possible and really going for it. I'm predicting a 3-0 home win on a Saturday for Rhodes brace and a Marvin goal to set his confidence. Yeah, do you think Marvin will be back? No, Casey obviously returned yesterday and he, and he looked fairly sharp and maybe, I'm not saying the red card was good for Blackpool, but it might have been good for him because he played a lot of minutes in between that. So we don't know if Marv is going to play depending on what system we go with. But um, I think we've got what Shrewsbury, Northampton... Carlisle um, and Bristol Rovers all at home, Craig, in the next four. And, and, and like you said, they, sh- they should be four comfortable victories, in my opinion, with the quality we've got. But football doesn't work like that. And we'll have yeah. to build up a run of games because in between that, we obviously have Portsmouth. An FA Cup game at home where Blackpool see themselves play three times at Bloomfield Road against Northampton, Forest Green and Carlisle. Um, and then we're into we're into the new year and, and the transfer market being open. So I think we'll get a clearer picture from there. So a bit of bravery, a bit of... Um, bit of flair as we want um, and, and just a bit of comfortability because, you know, we're not scoring many goals and we look at risk of conceding. So um, Saturday should pose a very interesting game and we have a, a good teams, team to choose from now. So, um, Craig, I'm going to end the pod there, but thanks for coming on, buddy. Um, it was no, really good, uh, really good debut and I hope you can come back on soon. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. No worries. Matt, as always, thank you, buddy. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Craig. Appreciate that. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Tom. No worries, we'll be back next week um, reviewing uh, this game um, and looking forward to the Portsmouth game. We've got um, the PO4 podcast on here, a great bunch of lads, and they'll give us plenty of insight into the current unbeaten Pompey side. But please join us next week um, as we preview Portsmouth and review this game. But for now, from everyone at the It's Not Orange podcast, have a good evening. (laughs) 